the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things I want to talk about, because no one's calling, um, is about, what's it about? Oh, I want to talk about Amazon, but I also want to talk about income. Um, I think you have an emergency fund. It should be kept in cash or a cash equivalent. Um, I think there's different ways of owning income in, reti- income in your portfolio. Like the iShares U.S. Preferred Stock, ticker symbol PFF. That's the largest preferred ETF. It's passively managed. Um, I think that'll do you well, yielding 5.6%. Now, again, stocks have had a big run, so expect some of that equity to come down. There's this S&P Spider Dividend Fund, ticker symbol SDY. Yields about 2.5%. Companies with long records, records of growth, of income growth, dividend growth. Or you can go <clears throat> like Treasury Bonds. I share 7 to 10-year treasury bonds. That's going to get you about 1.8%. It's better than cash. It's kind of a cash equivalent, but you got to be careful with that. Um, the iShares floating rate fund yields about 1.1% at this point in time. It buys low-risk floating rate notes. Ticker symbol is FLOT. Those are just some ideas. Now, I want to go back to Amazon. <clears throat> As it always seems to be in the news, is it's marching towards 1,000. That's kind of a crazy thought, right? Some people see Amazon's recent quarter as showing that they're about to do growth again, big time revenue growth. Um, it's almost 20 years old. Stock's gone from two bucks to 934 when you adjust for stock splits in the last 20 years. It first started trading May 17, May 15th, 1997. So it's the fourth largest company right now behind Apple, Alphabet, and Microsoft. Amazon's ascent has made you know, fuddy-duddies out of people who pay attention to valuations. Um, you know, if you take a look at it, they haven't made a lot of money, Amazon. They've made about $5 billion since going public. Google has made about $90 billion over the past five years. Apple has made $90 billion over the last two years. So looking at it, you'd go, it's not what I understand. You know, Barron's went negative on the company back in 1999 of May, May, thir- May 1999, an article entitled Amazon.bomb. Two years later, the stock had indeed fallen from, followed from, fallen from 60 bucks a share all the way down to 10. That was the bottom. So Amazon.com shares, a lot of analysts think it could reach 1,000 by the summer and 1,100 by the first of next year. Um, and that would make Jeff Bezos the world's wealthiest man. 
well, earning aspects have been sliding as of late. A lot of people are excited by that because when they cut earnings expectations on Amazon, it's typically because they're throwing a lot of their cash into reaccelerating growth, new ideas. So the operating environment is going to remain brutal for Amazon's victims, most recently clothing stores. Um, it's become more challenging for consumer goods stores. Um, Amazon could even, you know, kick Alphabet in its its knee when you're talking about internet search. So I used to search the internet for products like I type in, you know, heck, what would I type in? Um, I type in things like um, 50 inch TV, best 50 inch TV. Now I go to Amazon, hit 50 inch TV, and then I hit the reviews and that's typically the one I go with. Amazon was a fairly easy company to describe 20 years ago. They did books online, and then they got into music, then they got into videos. Um, now they're in TV, now they're in radio. Um, it's music. So it's one of the top 10 worldwide retailers by revenue, and yet it's still growing at 20% a year. I think it's a shopping club um, with Prime, which has an estimated 80 million members who skew young and well-off. It's got a vast marketplace for third-party sellers, which um, that's very similar to eBay. Amazon, you know, does its best to protect its <clears throat> business model. So not only are they selling stuff, but they're letting others who sell the similar stuff jump in. It's an entertainment company that this year is expected to spend more on content than NBC and HBO. And their main that's not even their main business. It's a sideline business. They've got gadgets like Kindle Reader, Fire TV, Echo Voice Assistant. It's recent entrant into online advertising, which should make you know Google nervous. So, I've enjoyed the Amazon experience a little less when you punch in you know health drinks, and one of the first health drinks that come up says "ad" by it. You know, I'm I'm cool with that. Berkshire Hathaway has you know better returns over history. Um, not really. They're both diversified companies, but Amazon's got better returns. And Berkshire, you're like, haven't they been around forever? Yeah, they kind of. It feels like they have. But Berkshire Hathaway sells insurance where premium payments roll in long before claims are paid. Uh, CEO Warren Buffett likes to invest in other people's capital free of charge. So Amazon sells inventory so quickly that it often collects from customers before it pays suppliers created an ongoing free float of cash, um, which is amazingly powerful. So, you know, Amazon right now is spending a lot of money on artificial intelligence and machine learning, and they're doing things like bundling with their prime. Um, things like pantry, where if you buy your toilet paper, you get 5% off. But if you buy your toilet paper and your paper towels and your dish soap, you get 15% off. Who doesn't want 15% off? 15% already off low prices. And if you use your Amazon credit card on top of that, it's another 5% off. <clears throat> so I'm all in. Investment surged last year 47% to $6.7 billion. They're spending a lot of money. Profits expected to climb 40% this year to $3.3 billion. Um, shareholders not worried because Amazon said 20 years ago, look, we're going to spend a lot of money, we're going to lose a lot of money. But we're building something for the future. So a lot of analysts see that, you know, 
Amazon's going to top $200 billion in revenue. Historically, that's unbelievable. The stock has performed best during stretches that have started with a jump in spending. Um, there's a guy named Baruch Leave. He's a accounting professor at New York University. He's documented long decline in the relationship between stock returns and upside earnings surprises. Uh, traditional accounting has failed to capture how spending on things like research and development add to intangible assets. Um, Scott Galloway, you know, he came up with a term, and you've heard him on the show before, New York University professor. He said, loss is the new black. You can argue that, you know, this might not end well, but the reality is retail investors love it. Um, and I do as well. So I do believe they go to $1,000 a share this year. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. If there's an event for a seminar coming up, you can always use the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25 for any event coming up. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. And talk a little San Jose Barracuda. You can find out more about the Barracuda at sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. We are the flag station of the San Jose Barracuda. Nick Nolenberger is our play-by-play guy. Awesome voice. Joining us now to talk a little hockey, assistant coach Ryan Mujanel. Ryan, how are you? I'm hanging in there. I I just got a little piece of that of uh, Nick Nolenberger with the awesome voice. Awesome voice. Average personality. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. You hockey guys are, are, are tough love on each other, are you not? Oh, oh, yeah. Lots of tough love. So uh, a little tough love. You had a big loss the other night uh, in Ontario. No fun to be in Ontario. Was it? Uh, how was the game? Um, you know what? It, it, it started off probably not how we wanted it to start off. And I think, you know, as a staff, I think, you know, you've got to take ownership and how guys prepare. And, you know, we have a... We have a young team, and, and I think we're, we're kind of finding our way, and I think it's important that, you know, we got to learn how to, how to start out of the gate. And uh, uh, we didn't get, obviously, the start we wanted, but I, I really like how we finished. I thought we played really well uh, for the second and third, but it's gonna be, uh, there's going to be some growing pains, and, and we recognize that. So we're, uh, we're uh, committed to the long haul here. Tying it into baseball a little bit, you are a younger team, a lot like the Houston Astros, where they had to go through some growing pains uh, by restocking their farm system. You are the farm system, the San Jose Sharks, so good things could come from uh, uh, going young, so to speak. As a coach, does that throw in more challenges for you because uh, you don't have as many veterans on your team? You're a, you're a younger team this year than you were last year. Yeah, I think I think for for me, I'm a I think I like to think of myself as a younger coach, so it's uh, I. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy the the young guys' energy and and how they come to the rink every day and they're excited and and there's some there's a lot to be said about uh, younger players. Okay. Um, with that, you're gonna get you're gonna have mistakes and and teaching moments and I think I think it's important to understand that. Um, I think uh, for us. You know, you see the guys that have put their time in, and and uh, I look at a guy like Yoakum Ryan, who I I had right out of college, and and really kind of struggled his first first year, and uh, the player that he's turned into and grown into, and and uh, those struggles have really, you know, really helped him become the player that he is. So so we get guys kind of you know at the grassroots learning the pro game, and and to 
to work with them and get them to develop uh, to where they're uh, kind of a finished pro- uh, you know, project is, uh, is, is uh, rewarding for sure. Ryan, I just pulled your uh, picture up from HockeyDB.com. Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. You, How is it? Not good, eh? <laughs> it's, not, it's not the best. It's, uh, you got, you're sporting a black guy. <laughs> black guy and some stitches. Yeah, um, yeah well. Tough, tough times. I will never give you any flack in person because uh, you look like you could handle your, your fists well. Um, let's talk. Uh, you can always give me flack. What, let's talk a little bit about uh, the roughhousing. Um, I've been following hockey for 40-plus years, you know, as I'm now pushing 50 years old. It's a great sport. Uh, there used to be a lot more fighting in the game. That's kind of been not taken out, but it's been uh, marginalized, so to speak, has it not? It, it, it really has. I mean, it's uh, uh, as much as, you know, some of us kind of growing up on it, and, and uh, it, it was a big part of the game when I was growing up, it's... it's it uh, like my mother said. She said uh, she was in Cleveland uh, the other night, and she said she really enjoyed going to the games now without the fighting. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. But to- I'll tell you, it's it's a more skilled game. Uh, I like the direction the game's going. I think it, I think it's real important. But it's it's definitely been weeded out. Uh, is it totally gone? Not so much at our level. I think it's. I mean, I don't know how many fights the Sharks have had. I think Pavs. The other night was uh, was one of the first that I've seen this year, and and um, yeah, it's it's funny how the game's kind of uh, weeded its weeded its way out. Um, does it serve a purpose? I still think it does. I think I think the guys uh, govern themselves probably better than referees even at, uh, um, uh, now. But um, the game's so fast, and and those players are just kind of uh, been marginalized, I guess. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember growing up and watching Wayne Gretzky, and the the worst thing in the world was seeing Wayne Gretzky, anyone taking a shot at him, uh, because you, right. you wanted to see how beautiful he was on the ice, and that's a weird thing to say, beautiful, but uh, he was a thing of beauty when he was uh, breaking in at eighteen, nineteen years old. Right, and that, that's the thing now is you want to obviously protect your protect your players, but um, I think there's, I think at the NHL level there's just a respect level for guys uh, within the groups. Um, you don't. You don't even see the cheap shots that you saw a couple of years ago. So I, I think the game's really growing uh, in that way. I, I'm sure the fans probably don't like it all that much, but, um, you know, with concussions and everything else, and I think it's probably the right direction uh, the game's going in. So looking at some upcoming games, and there's plenty of tickets available, and uh, I'm, a, I'm very, very fan-friendly, uh, liking the prices of AHL hockey. It's very similar to NHL hockey. Uh, great facility at the SAP Center. Good day to take the family out. you got a lot of weekend games coming up in November. Uh, one coming up against the Texas Stars on the November 5th on a Sunday, 5 o'clock game. Get home early enough. Uh, then following Saturday, November 11th, against the Manitoba, Manitoba Moose. Uh, what up with the, the scheduling? Very, very friendly for the weekends this uh, month. Yeah, it's, you know, the one thing that we have out west is we don't have uh, three and three. We got, uh, we got away from that, so our schedule, our schedule is uh, is amazing compared to even the East, and it's it's. Uh, I'll tell you, man, uh, American League hockey is is affordable, and it's uh, the one thing I think it does out here too. It exposes a lot of young players to the game, and uh, you know, I I work at the rink every day, and I can't believe how many kids actually play here in uh, San Jose. So I think it's done a, I think it's it's doing its part in getting kids excited about playing, and uh, you know, it, it really is a great sport, and. Uh, they're great people in it too. It's uh, 
I think I got addicted to the sport just watching a playoff series. And it could really almost be any playoff series. Um, it's The game elevates itself, even if it's not your home team that you're pulling for. Uh, pretty crazy to watch a, a game live, and it's super affordable. There's plenty of tickets available at sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. Let's go down your roster real quick. Um, I'm seeing kind of an imbalance. I'm seeing one player basically carrying the weight right now. Uh, I don't know if that's fair, but Danny O'Regan, uh, he seems like he's uh, NHL breakout ready. I think, you know, it's it's funny. I uh, I actually live with the other two assistant coaches with the Sharks, and um, he, his name comes up a lot at uh, at dinner. He is a he's a fantastic young player. I think he's he's NHL ready. Um, there's nothing wrong with kind of over marinating in uh, in the American Hockey League, but Danny's going to get his opportunity. And and the the thing that we can do here is just make sure when he goes there, he's He's, uh, you know, the best version of himself, and, and that's kind of what we're doing right now is just getting him ready for that uh, for that jump. Well, you're doing your job. There's a lot of young uh, sharks on the team this year contributing on the NHL level. Thanks very much for joining us, Ryan. We will chat no soon. It's always uh, a pleasure. So I do like the uh, the color. So it's Ryan Mushnell, uh, assistant coach with SJ Barracuda. You can find him online at sjbarracuda.com. Get some tickets. Lots of games coming up in November. Super family-friendly. Uh, super weekend prices, too. Those are, that's a pretty good time. Let's take a break. Be right back. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Doing a little free-form action, so to speak. But in no way, shape, or form do you have to. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. If you want to call, 800-516-1220. Apple, holy mackerel. How much are they worth? Are they really, really worth $900 billion? That's pretty crazy. If you do the math on that, well, that's a lot of zeros. And they have cash. Shares briefly up 3 to 5% this morning at the opening as the company blew past Wall Street expectations around the world overnight. Thousands lined up outside Apple stores hoping to buy Apple's new flagship phone, the freshly launched iPhone 10. Don't call me the X. Um, Apple's mound of cash has gotten bigger. 268 point nine billion dollars go draw go write that one down real quick and they're worth eight nine hundred billion as a company so they got a lot of cash they can buy back a lot of shares but that's not what apple does they do some of it they also have a dividend they also spend a, a boatload on r&d um they play a game of margins where they want their phones to make x amount of dollars margins uh, and they've been moving into higher margin products like services, whether it be music that they stream to you or insurance products. When you go out and buy a $1,100 phone, if you're not getting that $200 Apple Care, I think you're crazy. Apple Care means you can drop it three times in two years. Woo! That's not bad, right? Um, you see where you like, you can kind of let, let it go freeforming, so to speak. Uh, you don't have to carry it around in a case as much, but I still recommend that you would, but I'm not here to be your daddy. Uh, $269 billion. Um, the new tax plan from the House Republicans aims to permanently lower the corporate tax to 20%. That would be 
a windfall for companies like Apple, who do a lot of business overseas, uh, trying to you know make it one corporate tax rate, a one-time tax rate of 12% on cash returns and 5% on non-cash for corporate money repatriated from overseas. So for Apple to say, okay, we got $268 billion, a lot of it's overseas, that 12% tax, they're, they're much more friendly to that than paying the 35% corporate tax rate. Much more friendly. And that would be a plus for shareholders. And how would that come back to uh, shareholders? So I think you're tracking with me as much as you can at this point in time. Um, the question is, is Apple now a sell the news event? Stock's up 50% for the year. Buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Buy on the rumor would be they're going to sell a boatload of Apple 10s. Buy on the rumor would be like, ooh, they're going to have a great quarter. So they just reported last night, and it was a love fest. It was that positive. Um, so the question is, you know, with the 10, what more is there good to know? Does it slice bread? Does it cure hemorrhoids? Does it cause cancer? Like, oh, that would be a bad one, right? So we have to figure kind of these out now. So we're back in the the facts are, are in, and they're good. So um, there's still a lot of odd questions, like what were they thinking coming out with an iPhone 8 right before they come out with an iPhone 10, where the price isn't that great of a difference? Um, and now they're going to have to start staggering these phones. They can't keep coming out with a phone every year. Um, well, they could, but I don't think they will, but they could. So there's going to have to be something going on there. Apple CEO Tim Cook says, the iPhone 10 costs less than a coffee a day. What's, what's the, what did coffee do to get such a bad reputation? People like CFP Chad Burton goes, if you cut Starbucks two lattes out a day, then you'll have one zillion dollars when you retire. Would you like some coffee? Is it really a zillion dollars? How much is a zillion? Well, we're about to find out when Apple gets that $1 trillion market cap. What's going to happen there, in my best estimate, is that people like me are going to start talking about it. It's worth $900 billion right now. 10% more gain, and it's going to be worth a trillion. Then people are going to say, whoa, I bet it gets there. I bet it's going to do it, and it's going to get some momentum. And then it's going to hit it, and it's going to blow through it. And that's when it becomes the sell the news event, because I think the next news event will be that trillion-dollar angle. Um, so there you go. The iPhone 8 and 8 Plus are two of the most popular iPhone models since going on sale in late September. So says uh, Tim Cook. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people who bought iPhone 8s only to return them when they get their iPhone 10. Ooh, that hurts. Cook noted a return to growth in greater China, where the company enjoyed unit share gains for the iPhone, iPad, iMac. Um... The augmented reality features of the 10 that's coming out should drive people to say, okay, I got this expensive phone. Now, what can I do with it? And one of the things that they're going to do is they're going to go buy some apps from the App Store, which Apple makes 30% on. Now, if it's a popular app like Pokemon Go, which pulled in over a billion dollars in sales last year, which means it pulled in $300 million for Apple for doing nothing, just sitting there and letting people play it on their phones. Um, very, very high profit margins, very, very high profit margins. So there better be something with the augmented reality app that comes out that makes me go, Ooh, I'll go check out, uh, four shekels, uh, five shekels or whatever the monetary unit is. And you know what? I, I will readily admit it to me. Apple is a status symbol. It is a luxury brand. So does it deserve a higher PE than its current 18? I think it does. 
to me, it is uh, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. Uh, do you really, really need a $200, $300 bottle of champagne? Probably not. That, you know, $9.99 Cooks will do, will get you just as drunk just as well and it'll bubble just as nicely. Um, I know you're saying you're cheap, Rob. Hmm. That's about all I got for you. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. Another stock that I should bring up ever so briefly is Starbucks. Starbucks reported a quarter that I personally want to own shares of Starbucks. Do you know why? It's part of where I spend my money, it's part of where I see my friends spend their money. And they've got this uh, very high margin uh, business model now of you can order on your phone, pick it up in the mosh pit, as it's called, and walk away. So that's pretty cool. The, the transaction of pulling your credit card out and giving it to someone, we don't need that anymore. Um, so Starbucks is a best-in-class larger cap name. Is it going to grow as fast as the stock market? Probably not. Is it going to get you into a lot of trouble in your life? Probably not until we learn that cancer, coffee causes cancer. Or something along those lines. I think right now it's they're saying that two cups of coffee a day is good for you. I think that's what they're saying. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that's what they're saying. So um, Starbucks feeds that addiction of ours to caffeine. Starbucks says cannibalization is small and stable. They got into the whole tea business, and they're kind of getting out of the tea business, um, which I don't know. You know, a lot of what they do is... Uh, they'll buy companies to get their recipes. They'll buy companies to get their technology and they'll kind of let them die or, or fold them into what they do at Starbucks. Um, Starbucks sells a boatload of gift cards, a boatload of gift cards during this holiday season. Now what, what I like as far as a gift card goes, for, okay, me personally, I hate gift cards. A, it shows me that you're lazy. B, the corporate side ends up winning a lot because you give away a gift card and people are like, oh, I'll just put it in my drawer and then they never use it. And then the corporation just got big and fat. Thank you very much. Um, so, like, the biggest problem that Starbucks gets into, it seems, is, like, what will their coffee cups look like? Will they will they have too much of a Christmas theme to it? And, uh, you know, Donald Trump is making America great again, but he also wants to make Christmas great again. And he wants the ho-ho-ho, and he wants the Santa Claus, and he wants the Jesus on a cross images out there. And people shouldn't feel ashamed to talk about Christmas time. And the Peanuts Gang. It's particularly a tough year for the Peanuts Gang because they all lived in Santa Rosa and Charlie Brown and Linus and Lucy, Pigpen. All their houses burned down. So the Snoopy characters are all homeless this year. Probably going to be shooting drugs into their arm because it's cold this year. It's going to be a cold, wet Christmas. Schroeder. He'll be dancing for money instead of playing the piano. A sad fall from grace. But why did I get uh, off topic? Why am I not talking about Starbucks? Oh, good golly. Anyway. Yes. Technically speaking, um, I'm good with Starbucks at these levels. I don't think it has a lot of downside below $52. Um, and if you take a look at a chart on the company, it put a lot of consolidation work in. Again, am I expecting to make money on Starbucks every year? Probably as an investment. But definitively, I don't know. Um, I know that you're going to be pretty well rewarded. It's not going to get you into a lot of trouble. 
So I look at a, a chart of like an apple and I see a massive gap up and I, it, sometimes stocks can come back and fill that gap. Um, I look at a chart of a company like a Pandora and I go, ooh, those highs are getting lower highs and lower lows. Um, do they have something? Yeah, yeah, they have something. But I'm not waiting around for that one. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I always have seminars coming up. And when I do, you can sign up for them online. Use the code RADIO25, RADIO25 to get in for free. Um, one coming up in Los Gatos in November. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Bull market's going crazy, huh? This is going to be sad, but I was listening to Donald Trump yesterday speak, and I'm quoting Donald Trump on the stock market. I think it's hit 61 new highs since he's taken office. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, we are in a prolonged bull market, which basically means if you're not, if your 401k is not an all time high, there's something wrong with your 401k. You're doing something very, very wrong. Now, let's say you're maybe one person off. That's okay for me. Maybe you're managing some risk and not like trying not to uh, do something, you know, uh, big and calculate. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, but again, I think one of the things that I, I would, I would like to say that we should all be able to look at our 401k and go, sweet, uh, and feel a little bit better about ourselves and what we're doing for retirement. Sadly, a lot of people don't save enough money for retirement, and that's going to come back and haunt you. Uh, but I'm okay with that if you're okay with that. So uh, let's see. Poor people are running out of places to live. I found that that headline to be very enticing and intriguing to me. Um, I've been shopping for another home in Santa Barbara and to get the home that I want, probably in the location that I want, somewhere between 1.2 and $1.8 million. It's like, whoa. Um, and you're just like, whoa, right? Whoa. It's not for poor people. But then again, you're starting to look around and where do poor people live? In my hometown of San Carlos, they're building one bedroom apartments um, and they're starting at 900,000 to 1.2 million. Like where do poor people live? Cause I don't want to live in a one bedroom apartment. I know that. Um, having done that in my life, it, I don't want to go back to that for sure. The rental crisis has grown so severe right now that virtually no affordable apartments available for the lowest income families. And you know, I need people. I like to get my feet rubbed. I know this is like a lot of information. I need them to have a place to live. Just, I don't want to see it and I don't want it to be built near me. So I'm kind of hoping that they're living underground in caves or something along those lines uh, because I don't want to see it, right? You know, real estate snob, right? So very low income houses defined as those that earn less than 50% of the area median income. In rich areas like New York City, a single renter who could make $33,000 a year would be under that threshold. So that's this is getting tough. Uh, in Colorado, apartments affordable to very low-income households fell from 32% to 8%. In Texas, from 10% to 3%. In North Carolina, from 10% to less than 1%. In California and Florida, where the housing stocks uh, already for unaffordable are, are skim, 
it becomes even you know more dire. Where do poor people live? And I was thinking about that the other day. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine at television, James Fletcher, and he's got a couple kids, and he's a great guy. Um, I said, your kids will never be able to buy a house in, in California unless they buy in Stockton. Boom, shakalaka, laka. Um, and I think that's going to be one of the, the things that we have to start thinking about. Now, again, I own real estate. I feel cocky. I feel great. I feel wonderful. Woohoo! Kiss my ring. Uh, but I do worry about people's kids and where they are going to be buying real estate um, down the road. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Howdy. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on my little diatribe on affordable housing? It's a problem. Um, you know, there's not a lot of land to build. And the, build, the land that is buildable is far away. Um, and yes, you can find some affordable housing far, far away. You're talking about Stockton's. It's not quite that far. Um, but what, we, what we're seeing more often is, is home builders not really focusing on affordable housing because it's too expensive for them to build affordable housing. There's no subsidies from the state to allow them to do that. So, and so they're focusing on multifamily apartments. So they're, they're attracting the low-income apartment dwellers, but not the homeowner's side. So we've actually seen a boom. It's like a 70% boom in the last three or four years in multifamily building as opposed to those affordable housing booms. It's, and California is on the lower end of that scale. Um, remember what Admiral, Admiral Akbar once said? It's no. a trap. <laughs> and I think I feel like the developers are putting up storefronts. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a well, trap. They're, they're going where the money is. And that's where the money is. They're getting the biggest bang for their dollar and for the size of the, the lot that they're, they're able to get. You're not seeing communities being built like you see quite quite often around the Bay Area and a little farther out. Like You can go to the Danvilles and the Pleasantons and see really nice communities. They're not building that anymore. They're building small 15 townhouses in you know an acre lot and theirs are going for those 900 and plus thousand dollars and and attracting the the high-end buyers and where the affordable living going to be they're living in you know two or three people in a house what do you think about my idea of putting (laughs) digging tunnels and putting poor people underground i I haven't thought of it let me put it that way Now that Santa, Michael, Michael now that Santa Rosa, conscious today. Now that Santa Rosa's burned down and Jeannie Schultz's house is burned down, will you house Snoopy or Woodstock? Sure. 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 My, yeah, my kid would love him. Your kid would love him. <laughs> what do we do with these these people? Anyway, um, this is my favorite Christmas time music. It just gets you right in the mood, right? Although we have to watch that horrible... We have to get through the Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, I like Charlie Brown Christmas as a kid. And I watched it as an adult. And it's the biggest piece of doo-doo on the planet. It's awful. It's unwatchable. Trying to keep kids entertained through that. Good luck. Anyway, it's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Talking a little real estate, talking a little investing, talking a little Halloween, and much, much more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does all my mortgages, helps me with refis, helps me uh, home equity lines. He can do it all. Uh, You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.